0: This is Karen Hunter and welcome to The Hub. Some of you have been talking about it for the last four or five years, buying a franchise. What does that require? What does that look like? Well, joining me right now, he is the uh, franchise owner. Bojangles is his franchise. He's also doing some other things in the greater Atlanta area. Former or current Warner Music executive, Mr. Mel Carter. Hi, welcome.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Thank Good. you for having me. On show. Good to come
0: through. All right. So, um, Fort. So, you getting Bojangles was the music. Was it the music that brought you in? The money gathered from that, and then why did you decide to own Bojangles?
1: I mean, it was a mixture of uh, both, actually. I started in music and uh, I just always had this dream of like uh, owning a franchise. And I always heard like it was so impossible. You know, coming from Flatbush, Brooklyn, it was impossible. So it was kind of like my dream to own like a McDonald's. McDonald's was right around the corner from my house. I think when it got more realistic was when I found out that there was a black owner of the McDonald's close to my house. And I was just like, wow, I think this is actually possible. And over the years, as I grew in the music business, I just uh, started seeking out, you know, like what it would take to open a franchise, so on and so forth. Um, And then I tried Bojangles and I fell in love with it. And um, I started looking into how would I go about opening a Bojangles franchise. I have a mentor who's a a part of you know, the higher ups in Bojangles. And I just kinda sourced the right opportunity. It took me like two years to find the right opportunity, maybe three, and um finally found the right opportunity and, and as was able to close it. Uh pulled a lot of my exact friends and head coach K, as you know. And then we have some uh investors in the background who we are also music guys. Um Steve Collis, who's the president of Warner, Saint Uh, from Republic Records, um, Lon Ray Gabba from Atlantic. And I just wanted to pull this like dope black group together to kind of do this. And we became, uh, with me being the lead on it, we became the largest black franchisee of Bojangles. And I think in QSR in general, we're one of the largest black owners there is.
0: 14 locations, right? No, we have 18.
1: 18 locations and we just secured the rights to develop another 14. So okay. we're starting to build wow. two so it's gonna be 14 year.
0: new ones and eighteen existing. Eighteen
1: wow. existing, fourteen wow. new ones, and okay. uh we ain't gonna stop there neighbor. Uh
0: <laughs> now full disclosure, I don't eat nothing fast food, I don't do none of that, but um, you could I, have a
1: biscuit. Both no, angles. I'm not
0: ever doing it. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what's beautiful about it. Um, I'm so for this audience empowering themselves. So if this is the pathway to getting there, let's go. I would like them all to be open up in white neighborhoods, though. That said, Mel Carter, walk me through growing up in Brooklyn. Growing up in Brooklyn, I worked at uh, Roy Rogers in my neighborhood. Like working in a fast oh, wow. food is I remember that. Roy Rogers you know, that's the, that's the, not the rite of passage, but you know, kids in high school, you work at fast food places to own one though. What was the process? Cause you said you looked into it. Walk us through what that process was. What do you need to have? You need to have a million dollars in assets. Like what, what does your balance sheet n- need to look like? Cause we don't even know most of us.
1: I mean, that's funny because you said that that was when I was, uh, uh young guy used to google exactly that and that's the first thing it would always say you have to have a million dollars in assets and that is true somewhat but you know the the what i bought was a lot a lot larger than that so you gotta have a lot more assets than that but if you and i come together or you i and someone else on this call came together and you had you know A house that was worth 300,000. I had something that was worth 300,000. It still kind of counts as the same a million dollars in assets to kind of then go purchase this franchise. So what I advise people, you know, I didn't buy this all myself. I didn't raise, you know, I didn't have 25 million dollars and just went and bought it myself. I, you know, got a loan from the bank um, and kind of raised money with with friends and, and family and and then put in some equity myself. So I had to be somewhat established uh, businessman. I'm also invested in sweet chicks. So I've been doing that for some time. I have music background. I'm invested in a ton of things across the board. And you know, m- my worth was my worth. So I was able to, but for anyone who think they're not able to, you can get a group together that collectively, if the franchise is requiring a million dollars network, and you and I came together and we're worth a million dollars, we come as one entity and we are able to purchase something. And you could do that with ten friends. Right. So it could I be was, ten mm. friends.
0: Yes, yes. It I could mean, be you
1: ten know. friends that that has a hundred thousand dollars each. You know, so it's it's. I think like you know what you said is funny because I think googling that growing up, that was the most scary part to me. It was like how am I going to be worth a million dollars? This is at, you know, at 15 years old, where am I going to get a million dollars to be able to go open a franchise? Ah, I'm defeated, right? Right. But as you grow and you get into business more, you realize that it's a lot of little, not even tricks, it's just a lot of little things that coming from the inner city, coming from Flatbush, coming from wherever you come from, we just don't know. We don't know that 10 friends together with a hundred thousand is a million dollars and you could put it under the same LLC and then go, you know, be worth a million dollars to go purchase uh, Bojangles now uh, or whatever it is you want to do, you know,
0: Mel, Mel Carter's here. You can follow him at Mel Carter on IG at Bojangles. Uh, the owner of 14, uh, excuse me, 18, 14 new ones about to open in conjunction with a lot of other folk, has come together to do this, as you're talking, do they check your personal, right? So I've I've you know, six, seven years ago I was encouraging people to save ten thousand and save twenty five the next year and fifty, you know, and we were really on the saving thing so that, you know, Cause we had a guest on that said just this, if you come together with five, 10 other people, you guys can buy a strip mall. You can buy a franchise like this strength in numbers, the strength of community coming together. But what if somebody in your group is janky and has got a lot of debt, you know, you don't want to align yourself with somebody that's not, uh, you know, pulling their weight. So how do you sift through that Mel Carter with the partnerships?
1: Well, see, that's the thing, right? And again, it it just comes with, you know, kind of understanding how it works and and let's just say forget about the debt let's just say you have a janky partner who one I would encourage anyone to kind of like you know fine-tune anyone they go into business as much as you can but you know you could research and spend time with somebody for a year and 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 two years into business or two days into business there's somebody different right but that's why there's a managing partner and that managing partner makes the decisions and everyone else is just kind of invest in an investor who really in a weird way, doesn't have much say so, because it's your vision. Like with me, it's my vision. It's, 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 I'm the face of it. I'm the one who, you know, raised the money. I'm the one that brought the group together. I'm the one that you know put the most equity on my end. So there's always a lead on whatever that investment is. And it kind of saves you from dealing with a janky partner because it's all paperwork, it's all contracts, it's all whatever it is. So they're really running Mel Carter's credit. They're really okay. running Mel Carter's name. Mel Carter's accountable for everything to do with it. Your, your investors is just investors as a as a lead you treat them well and you help them understand the business and before they get into it but it's not like they can just come and say hey you know what like uh i need to sell one of these bojangles because i need some money (laughs) you know what i'm saying it kind of saves you from the jankiness of that side of the business so it, it comes with lawyers paperwork and really just understanding the investment you're getting into
0: Mel Carter is here a uh, franchise owner and music executive as you're talking they run your credit right so how pristine does that need to be because I think you know before we do anything this is the year for me for planning for the next thing that I want to do how long did you plan and make sure you know because you get like a good six to eight months maybe 12 months you know if you're buying a piece of property you know you need to have this many pay stubs you need to have this you know your, your debt has to be cleared for this period of time you got to have your bank statements together you know like to have a you know to have all your ducks in a row and have your house in order before you make the uh pitch before you you know go and get the franchise that's important what kind of work did you have to do to get yourself in order in terms of your credit how long did that take
1: I mean, this is what I would say. Right. I've had bad credit before, but I would say to anyone, if you're listening right, right now, like start fixing your credit right now. Start getting your life together right now. Don't wait till you have an opportunity and then try to get it together, even though it is, you know, you can do that as well. But five years ago, I didn't know I would have this Bojangles opportunity. Right. But I started fixing myself, fixing my credit. 10 years ago and get myself together, get myself more established. So when these opportunities came, I wasn't just scrambling to kind of like fix my credit then or like, you know, better my name or or whatever it may be. So I think the earlier you could just get a head start on that is better for anyone, anyone who may not even have a dream or idea of they what they want to do now. But I think we all across the board know and understand that, your credit is crucial. And even if you're trying to buy a car or even if you're trying to lease some equipment, so somehow you know that your credit is going to play into your dreams, right? Um, Unless you're just filthy rich, then you could probably just buy it. And even so that wouldn't be the best thing to do, right? You would still want to finance something, whatever it may be. So I would just say, honestly, there's, I was blessed enough to understand a long time ago that my credit is needed to even purchase a car, right? And so start fixing your credit now and start getting yourself together now because you never know when that opportunity may knock on your door. And you want to be ready. Yeah. Knocks, you want to be ready. You don't want to start getting ready when that opportunity knocks. And don't get me wrong, you can start to get ready when it knocks. But if you're listening to this right now, the best time to do it is now yeah. because you don't know what's what's going to come your way in five years or even six months from now.
0: That's right. You know, you got to stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And you can buy a car with bad credit, but then you're getting a horrible interest rate. Why would you want a horrible you interest rate? You can buy even a car. A home.
1: You, you can buy you... a car with bad credit and, and and you could get a shitty deal and a shitty car and you really right. can't do nothing That's about it. And I say that from experience. I was 19, bought a car with shitty credit <laughs> and got a very bad deal. And at uh, 24, this car broke down, wasn't working no more. And then I owed uh, <laughs> probably twice what I paid for the car on my credit because my interest was so bad. Oh. But again, those were growing pains. So that's why I said, figure it out now. And and my biggest strength, honestly, is is people. I have a lot of people that believe in me. I take advice from a lot of people. I listen to everyone, whether it's the, you know, whether it's the most unsuccessful person or the most successful person. I listen to everyone because you can pull away what advice you want from that person and you can leave on the table what advice you don't want. So that's one of my biggest things is like I believe in mentorship and um, I don't think a mentor is just like, you know, come in this room. Let's sit down. Let's go over this. Let's go over that. Here's what you should do with your life. Mentorship. Is is this conversation, you and I having a conversation and me and someone else having a conversation and us pulling away what we could use to better our lives from that, you know?
0: I call it chew up the meat, spit out the bones. You can learn from anybody and you should I've, always I've, be open. Absolutely. So what was your road, um, Mel Carter, to getting it together? Was what was some what, what happened? that gave you an epiphany which opportunity did you fall into or create for yourself that put you on a path to not just owning Bojangles but this music thing which was the first moguling you were doing what what happened
1: man I just fell in love with music when I was young for real for real I fell in love with music and
0: <laughs> who, who was wanted- your who was it Rakim you Brooklyn so was it Jay was this, you're probably the it contemporary was, was- who was it
1: it was Jay Z and Dame Dash and what they did with Rockefeller. And I knew I couldn't be Jay Z because I couldn't rap. So I wanted to be Dame Dash. And as the years went on, you know, Jay Z became uh, a businessman more in the light. I'm sure he was always a businessman, but we got to see him as a businessman more. So that was it for me. Like, I was kind of like, you know, this is what I want to do. So I started, I found a kid in my neighborhood who had some talent. I used to go stand by the labels and give out his CDs and, and, you know, eventually that led into a deal. Uh, the artist didn't blow up, but it got my foot in the door and I started just kind of navigate my way around, learned the system and started managing some more talent was offered a SVP position at, uh, Republic records, took that, um, left Republic on, uh, October 1st and started at Warner so I think for me it was just the music. Like I just fell in love with the music, and coming from where I came from at the time, we didn't see a lot of Mel Carters, right? Uh, and that's yeah, why I everybody
0: wanted to be Jay Z. Everybody wants everybody to be MJ. Everybody wanted
1: to be Jay Z, right? <laughs> so including me. But you know, it's I, 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 God helped me get success there, and I was able to kind of use my network and use you know, what whatever money I made and, and realize I don't have to stop at music. I could do a lot of things. I could do the impossible, which is own a franchise and not just one eighteen and own a part of Sweet Chick and and, you know, a uh, number of things I invest in across the board. So for me it was just like for real, for real, the love of music and seeing uh Rockefeller's success and 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 wanting to be part of that, not being able to be part of that. So I went and created my own.
0: I love it. I love that. Mel Carter is here. Uh, As we, as you're, as you're telling this story, I'm also thinking about the risk. You know, a couple of weeks ago, we did a story about another franchise in Detroit that was overrun with roaches. And so uh, that franchise actually, we put the story out and then they added me on Twitter and it was like, we are shutting it down and we're investigating uh, when you have so many franchises, soon to be 32, how do you quality control? How do you make sure everything? I mean, you can't be at every franchise and, you know, one bad Apple, one bad Bojangles can mess up your whole flow, Mr. Mel Carter.
1: 100%. But here's the thing. And I think uh, you would do this yourself, too. Like, you know, you, you, no one's a one man army, you know, like I have 600 employees at Bojangles. Wow. I have a Wait, just
0: pause in that. Mel Carter is funding and supporting and paying salary to how many, sir? 600
1: many? employees,
0: 600
1: 90% of them black too. Come and on. a lot of second chance uh, employees who, you know, might've had a misstep in life and where we give a second chance to people who need a second chance.
0: I love it. I love it. Okay. So how do you, so you, you, you rely on, so how do you pick good people? Again, you can't be every place what's the formula for making sure you have your your folk in place that are going to look out for your interests when you're not there
1: so i mean it starts at the top it starts with uh, with me uh it starts with coach k and we kind of you know it... uh go ahead go ahead yeah. i'm sorry
0: no coach k tell me about him because yes yeah, so we just bet it's not Is it
1: no 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 <laughs> coach k from
0: quality you don't know who Coach K is? Come on, no. <laughs> tell me, tell me who Coach K? Because the only Coach K I know, because I come from sports, is Coach Mike Szeski. I was like, I know damn well Mike Szeski ain't in business with you.
1: No, me I mean me. he could be. You never know. That's like, true. Coach K That's is true. my partner with uh, Bojangles. We did it together. He's probably the most successful. Uh, one of the most successful black executives ever. He owns Quality Control. Quality Control is probably the most successful. Oh. Uh, Black record label ever, um, even surpassing Rockefeller at this point in my eyes, because they have the Migos, they have Little Baby, they have Yadi. Yeah,
0: that's not my. I don't listen to none of that. But Kevin (laughs) Lee, I'm gonna reach. You know what? Just because you know, and that's the thing. Like when you're in something, you think everybody else is into the things that you're into. But there's a whole world of people that have no idea, including me. And I'm black. I'm very black. I love black people. I ain't know who Coach K was. To the to this day, Mel Mel's here, Mel Carter, I know who you are, but that's the point. You know, we introduce people to people so that, you know, our worlds get bigger. Quite frankly, that mumble rap is not the thing that I, I uh love at all or like even. Uh and I feel like on some level music has been this current branch branch of music has done more to uh hurt the community than it has to to actually further, you know, our, our interest in being free. However, you know, the work that you're doing, I think is really, really amazing. And so I want to give people a blueprint or insight into that. So um, thank you. But I believe
1: even with that is perspective, because I, you know, I see it from a different perspective as well. Like I see, I see, you know, I I see what you say, a a ton of bad things has happened with music, but I see 90% more positive things happen. I see thousands and thousands of black employees by music I see thousands of families being fed by music who you know in some cases even like myself being a high school dropout wouldn't have another way or didn't have another way so you know there's a lot of positive I see a lot of you know rappers do a lot of positive things for their communities and you know with everything there's a good and a bad like social media I think social media is very positive but it has a lot of negative with it as well so mm. but you know it's just perspective and my perspective is different from yours with certain topics you know
0: and we still can rock with each other you know and, and we that's still the other rock thing we need to learn other. like we ain't got to agree on all fronts we just got to get to the finish line together and you know pull in drag uh, as we can so Look, then if we all
1: agreed we wouldn't be unique
0: hello uh mel carter Bojangles won a music executive as well. Second estate records is his other label um the label that pays him on that as a, as a person that owns franchises how how what's the value of that because I look at you know my dad had a grocery store in Newark for eighteen years. And that was getting up at 530, opening the store, leaving at midnight, Monday through all every day, including holidays. It was a lot of on his feet, you know, a lot of ripping and running, a lot of going to the bank. Uh, He did really well, but that was a work intensive. And I was like, "Mm -mm, no, there's another way. I want to make money while I'm sleeping. Now, how does this work for your investors? How do they get paid? And what does that look like for you, Mel Carter?
1: Well, my investors, they're going to make money while they're sleeping, (laughs) right? Uh, Me and the front line, we're going to do a lot of the hard work and, uh, you know, just make sure everyone that's that believed in this dream is going to make money while they sleep at some point. But um, for me, that's just it. It's just kind of like working every day. Like you said, I'm, I'm, you know, look, at one point I didn't have opportunity to even make five hundred dollars a week so whatever it is i may be making now i'm happy to wake up at five in the morning i'm happy to i don't wake up five in the morning but i wake up at seven i'm happy to wake up at seven in the morning and and start working on 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 bojangles on many different things and i enjoyed it i